Darkness returns, Asgardian. Have you come to witness the end of your universe? I am also recording. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I'm your host Ben, aka the Marvelous again. Oh, oh my God, Tyler, why are you glowing red? Um, I found this weird space rock in another dimension, and it just seeped into my body. I think I might need medical attention. Right, we need to go to Asgard. We need to go now. Um, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything better. Anyways, um, we are Cinema Shot Podcast. We are now into our phase, second part of Phase 2. Second part of Phase 2, which is the sixth movie of the 22-part Infinity Saga. Did I get that right? I think I got that right. Movie 8, actually. Movie 8? Okay. Okay, let me read. Okay, we are now in the second part of Phase 2, but the eighth movie in the Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlets, Infinity Saga. It's just called Infinity Saga, I think. Um, So, yeah, we're almost there. God, almost there. Um, on the plus side, ideally when we end this, it'll be like late October and um, it'll be colder. So, yes. Or cooler. Yes, please. So that's that's the plus to doing this. Uh, well, now we're talking about Thor Dark World, a.k.a. what many consider to be the weakest MCU film. Uh, at least up to Endgame. We're not going to include the new ones because there's too much fucking discourse with that shit yeah. now. I don't want to talk about that. In terms of the Infinity War, this is probably the least regarded of all the MCU films. Yeah. Now, is that hate true? But before we get into that, uh, let's go ahead and talk about our hype, for like we do, like our experiences for the movie. So obviously now we are uh, second movie out of Avengers. Um, the Avengers high is still relatively there. I think we knew about Age of Ultron around this time period, I think. Because this was late 2013, and Age of, even though Age of Ultron wouldn't come up in 2015, they would start, like... If it was a thing, I hadn't heard about it. Yeah. I think I think we at least heard, like, Ultron was the villain or something. So we knew we were we were gearing to an Avengers sequel already. I, I could be wrong. Um, and uh, uh, so... But I remember being very excited for this one because, like, I liked the first Thor movie at the time. And I thought, okay, this is this. I remember the trailers and the dark, and like this is definitely directly pulling from one of the more iconic Thor uh, story arcs in the '80s. Um, not necessarily the Ether stuff, but at least the character they fight against Malekith, the Dark Elves, and stuff like that. So um, I was very excited, um, so excited that I bought those graphic novels ten years ago, and I still haven't read them yet. Whoops, um, <coughs> that's not true. I've read like three out of five. Um, but uh, I was, I was, I remember it being November, so I always associate this movie with the cold. Uh, but um, Tyler, what were, were, did you, I know you mostly watch these on Netflix, but um, what was, did you have any anticipation for this one when you were going to watch it next? Uh, not particularly, in all honesty. I was kind of falling off the MCU after Iron Man 3, and uh, I heard that uh, Thor The Dark World was going to be a thing uh, back in that, at that time frame. And uh, I do finally remember those uh, Comedy Central uh, interludes with Loki talking with those kids. Oh, and yeah. Those commercials are hilarious. Uh, but it wasn't enough to, like, sate my curiosity. I thought the first movie was okay, but I didn't think it was good enough to go out to see the sequel in theaters, you know? Right. I was going to wait to see it in um, home media when that eventually dropped. Yeah. And I didn't get to see it until 2018. Wow. Um, I, I remember only being excited because, like, well, this is Loki. We get to see what happens after Loki, who committed a fucking war crime 
by launching on the Battle of New York and stuff like that. I wanted to. I was curious because like this was like like the next chapter, right? This was actually going to move the story forward. It wasn't just going to move. Um, and it actually does. This movie actually does move the move the MCU plotline forward in in all its faults. Uh, Iron Man three, as much as it's just, it's mostly a standalone story that really doesn't. It moves Iron Man's journey forward, but it doesn't necessarily move the overall narrative forward. Which is you know you need those kind of movies in this long running saga. Um, so, uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down. This was directed by Alan Taylor, um, and this was a screenplay written by Christopher Yost. Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Story by Don Payne and Robert Rodat. Uh, of course, based on the Thor comic books by Stanley and Jack Kirby and Larry Lieber. Uh, not to be confused with the actual Norse mythology, which is a whole different thing. Um, this was released uh, in the United States on November 8th, 2013, with a runtime of 112 minutes and a budget of 150 to $270 million and a modest box office of $644.8 million. Obviously, definitely a steep drop off from both Avengers and um, and Iron Man three, which I think both hit a billion, or at least Iron Man. It was like at least pretty good, pretty high. Uh, our cast, most of it is the same. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is back as Thor, Prince of Asgard. Natalie Portman is back as Jane Jane Foster, Doctor Jane Foster. Tom Hiddleston returns as War Criminal Loki. Stellan Skarsgård is back as Doctor Elvik Eric Selvig. Idris Hyvall returns as Heimdall. And new villain, Christopher Eccleston, famously from Doctor Who, is Malaketh of the Dark Elves. And then, I apologize for butchering this name, Aduwale Akinuyo Abaje is the curse, who is uh, basically the henchman for the, uh, Malaketh. Uh, Kat Dennings returns as Darcy Lewis. Ray Stevens is back as Volstag. Zachary Levi is Fandral. Funny enough, that guy would end up playing uh, Shazam in a few months, in a few years. Um... Uh, Tabo Asano is back as Hogan. Jamie Alexander is back as Sif. Rene Russo is Frigga, which I believe that's a cash change. I believe. And of course, Sir Anthony Napkins is back as Lord Odin. So pretty much the same cast. A couple of new characters this time around. Um, and no spoilers, Tyler. This movie gets a lot of shit when people started doing their tier listing. Um, when Endgame Infinity War was happening. This is technically towards the bottom. But now that we've seen... All of Phase 1, plus the first two acts of Phase 2. Do you agree with that so far? Um, so, let me take you back to when I first saw this movie back in 2018. This is when I was uh, doing a marathon of the entire MCU just to get ready for uh, Avengers Infinity War. Um, when I hit this movie, um, this was the point in the marathon where I completely zoned out. Like... I didn't feel that way with any of the other Phase 2 movies or any other film going forward, so this is the one stinker in my book. Uh, but after rewatching this, I don't think it's as bad as I originally thought it was, but it's definitely... Uh, it's definitely got problems. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think when people say... it's like, saying, like The way people talk about it, about Thor Dark World, and it's gonna sound like I'm defending the movie, but I'm not... But, like, in comparison to the MCU, in terms of that scale, yeah, it's not that great. Um, there's some bright spots in it, but it's overall not not that great. Um, but, like, people, the way people were talking about it as if it's as bad as, like, say, X-Men The Last Stand or um, Blade 3. Or X-Men Origins Wolverine. Or X-Men Origins Wolverine. Like, this has a cohesive narrative. 
fun character moments. Um, you know, an interest—not maybe not an interesting villain, but a cool-looking villain at least. Um, you got some good Loki Thor stuff, which originally wasn't even going to be there. They had to like, like airlift Joss Whedon into set to like write that shit because like they they were like this movie could have been worse. Let's just say that this movie could have been a lot worse. Um, yeah, it definitely could have. And and like. Um, but I, like, it's, it's still fine. Like, it's, I, I, and I, like, I, I, obviously I think it's, it's just, it just doesn't feel as impactful as it should be, considering the stakes that are involved, the whole convergence stuff, and the covering the world. It just never feels like, there are stakes, but it doesn't feel like they're real stakes, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, it feels artificial, uh, in most cases, and... Compared to the rest of the MCU, with uh, all its uh, converging uh, important plot points, this one feels kind of hollow in comparison. Yeah, and I would say the only really like good, like actual good sequences when Thor and Loki are with each other. Once they get together, the movie kind of brightens up. But like, that's like maybe fifteen minutes. Yeah, Loki steals the show in this, but we'll get to that soon enough. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Loki's character. But overall, like, like is it is it? It's not bad. It's just there. It's it's okay. It's fine. You're not gonna get brain damage like you will get watching X Men Origins Wolverine. One day we're gonna have to watch that, Tyler. One day you will have to. Su- I will have to subjugate ourselves. Oh, I'm aware, uh, and I'm dreading that day. Yeah. Well, maybe for a while. Maybe we'll stay away from. Comedy. If we're doing those movies, we're doing the Deadpool films just to um, oh, balance it out. Oh yeah. Well, we're gonna end with Logan because. Um, well, it just it because reasons. Because reasons, okay. Even though canonically, we only whatever. That's another time of debate. But this is this is how kind of mad this movie is. You start talking about other movies you don't want to talk about this. <laughs> um, but okay, so let's go ahead and break it down. So Thor: Dark World, we meet, we get a, sort of a brief back history on the Dark Elves. It's very similar to the opening of Thor One, where we get the history of the war between the Asgardians and the and, and Jotunheim. Now it's about. Um, I think they're from Svartalheim. I think that's where they're from. Um, Svartalheim. So they say that while drunk. And we know that the Dark Elves have found, have this thing called the Aether, um, which is basically a tool that they... Uh, like a, a liquid, it seems, uh, that... Or it's a skill that lords use in Fire Emblem. Yes. Um, and uh, it's even spelled the same, I think. And um, they want to use it to cover the world in darkness because they believe that the world is should be all darkness as how it was at the beginning. Uh, so um, Thor's grandfather, Bor, um, stops the, the Dark Elves, seemingly kills them all, and they can't destroy the Aether, so they like bury, like they say bury it so no one will find it. Um, meanwhile, and then we cut to the current time where Loki is brought to Odin for his crimes... Um, and it seems you think he's gonna die, he's gonna get killed for it, but he's not. Um, he, Odin wants to kill him, but, uh, he's only alive because of, uh, his, uh, his, his mother, Frigga. Uh, Loki is sentenced to life imprisonment for what he's done to, to, um, New York, uh, to Earth and Asgard, and the Nine Realms. Apparently, the whole Nine Realms are in chaos because of what Loki's done, which leads to Thor. We see a little sequence of Thor's cleaning up on... I think it's Vanaheim, where you fight the giant rock monster. Uh, and uh, it's a giant pebble. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, well, well, that's a small preview. That's funny. Bibu, no! That's the same species of alien that Thor meets in the next move Thor movie. So that's the fun part. Um, and uh, Th- Thor comes home to Asgard, 
But the whole conflict about this movie is that for Thor is he's like, I don't I don't know if I want to be king, you know? Like, I know I really wanted it, but Earth pussy changes the king, God. You know what I'm saying? Um, and <laughs> that put... The, Thor literally said that pussy hit different. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there right now. <laughs> um, to the point where he's like, ah, father, I don't know if I want to do this. Or like, he's, and like, he's like, he's like all... I was he's like he's he misses Jane. He misses Jane. Meanwhile, Jane Foster is trying to seemingly get over Thor because Thor has been too busy fighting in the nine realms. She's seeing another she's like on it not seeing but on date with another guy until she's interrupted hilariously by by Darcy who I love Darcy in these movies. I wish she was in more stuff. Yeah, Darcy's great. Yeah, luck thank God she came back in WandaVision. Um and they find this weird scientific phenomenon that's going on where this kid they come across these British ruffians, mate, and they can lift this truck, yeah? Um, I'm not going to do it anymore. Uh, and um, they find, they throw a bottle down this uh, stairwell, and through there, the bottle just appears, but comes through like a loop. It's almost like you're in Carnival Night Zone, Sonic, where you just go up and down, up and down. And so... It's like they're playing Portal, yeah, or at least how I play Portal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Um, Jane accidentally walks through one of these portals and she's in like God knows where she is. We have no idea where she is because it's not the Dark World, but she finds the obelisk that holds the ether. Unfortunately, she touches it and the ether, what would become later known as the Reality Stone, um, gets all up in her business and Thor is like reminiscing. He's like, I miss her. Heimdall, she compares nothing to the stars. And he's like, wait, I can't find her, Thor. And Thor immediately panics, goes to where she was last seen, um, and uh, everything is fine, because Thor can touch her seemingly okay. Um, I don't actually think Thor touches her, or they were about to. No, she touches Thor, she slaps him. Um, Yeah, that's right. And so everything seems fine until the cops come, they're like, hi, I miss your trespassing here, you can't trespass him, we're going to give you a ticket, because we're British, and we can't take you down for town, you know, that kind of thing. I said I was going to do we're it. We're going to take you down for some fish and chips. Some fish and chips. Um, and, unfortunately, the fucking cop goes into our cardiac arrest from touching Jane Foster, because he flies, and Thor realizes, like, alright, this is bad, we need to take you to Asgard, and she is, like, one of the few Earth characters who actually gets to see Asgard, and she's probably the only Earth character who gets to see Asgard in its glory because when we get to we'll we'll get to that when we get to um, Ragnarok in like seven years, um, not in our time but in the movie time, and um, and they tell her that the Ether's inside her they can't they have no way to get it out and we learn of the legend of the Ether again, and this is actually I never learned this line but Odin says that it's one of the one of it's like it's like a st- like that was like a stone but it's like this one's like a liquid so like that's like. Kind of your hint that like it's a, it's an infinity stone because it's never given an uh, a a unless you paid attention. I clearly was because I don't remember that line at all. It's like oh he drops right there. It's an it's a stone if you remember. Um, unfortunately, Malekith can track where the ether's going, so he launches a sneak attack on Asgard by sending in the curse monster like imprisonment, sort of like basically a, a bomb inside the jail cell. But they also have invisible ships. That Heimdall can't even really see or detect. So it's a full-on attack. Um, and during this attack, uh, Frigga is killed, saving Jane Foster from being captured. So Thor's pissed, Odin's pissed, Loki is fucking pissed. 
because his mom's dead. There's a great moment where Loki looks like he's fine from Thor visiting him, and then it's really just an illusion, and he's just a fucking wreck. He's just bereft of himself, you know. Um, to which many girls I know thirsted over that image, um, and so like Thor is left with like, what do we do now? Well, how about father? Hear me out. Uh, <laughs> hear me out. We take the fight to them. Take, no, that's stupid. That's, we take. We take Jane. We take, I'm going to try to do my best Thor impersonation. We take Jane. We take her with the ether to the dark world. Get the ether out. I smash villain. We go home victory. Um, and that's his plan. And Odin basically says, "I will smash it with a hammer." E- exactly. And Odin basically says, "My son's a fucking moron." No. What if you fail? What if the ether? Um, falls into the enemy hands. So Thor devised this fucking Ant-Man-esque break-out-from-jail um... Get- this is some Ocean's Eleven shit right here. Yeah, and there's a lot of, there's great... And it's actually my favorite sequence in the whole movie where they intercut between Thor talking about something about how are you going to deal with this? How are you going to deal with that? And it's, it's a whole great sequence. And Thor and Loki break through one of Thor's... Uh, one of Loki's hidden trapways, to which one of the greatest line deliveries in his entire movie, where Loki and... The, they, they take this Asgardian ship through the portal, and Loki, in the most, like... I Like, plat-out voice I've ever heard, ta-da! Which I, I have... Just, <laughs> just, like... My favorite part of that whole sequence is that Loki is just backseat-driving Thor the entire oh, time. It's, it's, we'll talk about that more when we go in-depth, like... Uh, but, whole great sequence... And then, seemingly, uh, they have we get a, we get some nice emotional moments between Thor and Loki regarding the death of Frigga, their mother. Even though it's not technically Loki's mother, but hey, she raised him, so that's your mom. And um, Thor, uh, and, and and seemingly Loki turns on Thor, even chops off his fucking hand, and presents. Hmm. Sorry, I had something go up my nose. Three, two, one. Chops off his hand. And proceeds to hand over Thor and Jane Foster with the ether to Malekith, and basically just says, "I just want a ticket to watch it all burn, bitch." They fucked me up, uh, but it's all a ruse. It's all a lie, and for just for to get the ether out of it. And Thor, with all his electrical might, tries to destroy the ether, but fails. And because he tried to destroy a reality. The one thing that he couldn't smash the hammer. Yeah, you can't. You can't destroy reality. Although we now we know an, uh, a stone can be destroyed, but only with its equivalent powers. Um, uh, and now Malekith has it. He, but we know that he ha- he has to do the convergence of Earth because it's the center of it, which leads to a big climactic file. Also, Loki may or may not be dead. Um, he's not dead. Uh, we know he's not dead. Um, no, he's not. He's not dead. They make it blatantly obvious. Yeah. Um, also, we have hindsight now too. He has he has two seasons of a hit TV show. Um, and the, we take the fight to London, uh, where we get a great fight sequence between Thor and Malekith, where ultimately Malekith is like just sent somewhere. We don't really know what happened to him. Um, he's armless. That's all we know. So he probably died from blood loss. Um, Malekith flew home to his home planet. The end. Um, to which he got crushed by his own shit, bro. Is that what happened? Okay. I'm, I, yeah. <laughs> that may have been the part where I was like. Uh, I need to go check my drop my clothes. Um, <laughs> anyways, so Thor is talking to seeming his father, Odin, and um, he's like, "You know what, Dad? I'm you have committed high treason, but you are regarded a hero regardless." Yeah, and he's and then Thor is like, "You know what, Dad? I just want to go. I really like Jane," and he's like, "Okay, go live with the humans." 
Um, but it's not really um, uh, Thor. It's not really Odin. It is Loki in disguise. And we don't fo- we don't follow up on this plot line for like seven years. <laughs> He's just chilling there. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, we don't find out in, uh, what happens to Odin until 2017 in Ragnarok. Yeah, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's a dangly plot line. It drove me nuts. Um, uh, but um, and and there's that. But then we find out. Uh, so we, we now know what, we find out what actually happens to either both um, Volstag and Lady Sif. Take it to uh, we get our first not first post credit sequence because there's also a post post credit sequence where they're taking it to the Collector, who is a character who will appear up in the two movies from now, the Collector in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he gives. Oh, them... I can't wait for that one. Oh yeah, same here. Um, after I just watched Guardians three recently. See what I'm saying? You just want to talk about everything else but this movie. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> It's not bad. It's not a bad movie. It's just, God, it's so mid. Anyways, um, and he's like, and and Volstagg says the line. He's like, Asgard, um, um, it's not dangerous to have two Infinity Stones. Basically, doesn't say it, but call it basically the Tesseract is another Infinity Stone. So it's two confirmed Infinity Stones. So Ether has it, and in a way that the the teaser ends, and you think the Collector is going to be the big villain of Guardians, he just goes. One down, five more to go. Bam! And Benicio Toro with the excellent acting as the Collector. And he does come back. The Collector will return. Um, Hell yeah. And uh, he returns twice, I think. Yeah, he comes back twice. And then um, we get a final post-credit sequence where Thor is just like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to live with you. And if you want to actually know how their relationship worked out, go watch Thor Go to Love and Thunder. It's hilarious. Um, you actually see their relationship a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that's Thor, uh, Ragnarok, not Ragnarok, that's Thor, God of Thunder. I wish it was Ragnarok. No, yeah, I wish it was. Man, I'm sorry, like, I like parts of this movie, but it just, it, there's, it's, it's almost like, like a, like a, com, like a, like a variety show. Parts of it work, parts of it just doesn't work, it doesn't work as a cohesive narrative. Like, in, t- yeah, in terms of, um... in terms of, like, okay, that's wrong. In terms of, like, there is a cohesive narrative, there are arcs, but it just doesn't hold my interest from bell to bell. Yeah. Um, the big problem with this movie for me is that it spends way too much time dragging its feet. Like, um, my when I originally saw this, I was bored out of my wits. Uh, and I knew from the get-go that this was one of the more important films in the series, but it just didn't hold my attention. Yeah, and it should, um, considering we're dealing with the... This is the first time we're actually dealing... Like a solo character dealing with a reality with the, with an Infinity Stone, and then like we have this basically galaxy-ending threat. Um, but like Malekith is just Malekith is fine. He he just he's just like an ordinary villain. There's no depth to him, which is fine. But some I, he's just an evil bad guy for the sake of being evil. Yeah, and and Christopher Eccleston definitely gives that sort of theater s performance. You know, um, you know, great line read where he says, "Have you come to witness the end of your universe?" Like, you know, great, great line read there. He, he's a great, he does a great job for what he's given with. It's just that he's all covered in all that makeup, um, which can limit your performance a lot. And um, I just, uh, I like the best part of this best sequence to me are, are all in the final, like the prelude to the final act. The first, the first, the first half of this movie is just. They try to be like 
soliloquy and like Thor is like missing Jane and stuff but the movie doesn't really start getting interesting until that escape from jail sequence yeah like it starts picking up as soon as Loki enters the picture and he single handedly steals the show for me yeah and again he was he was not even supposed to be in this movie they had to rewrite that um, and like all those bits and, and again he was, and originally from what I remember he was supposed to die like not actually come back but people loved him too much um, but yeah, like everything about it, it just like dragged way too long. It just wasn't interesting. Like, like it, like some of the conversion stuff the first time around, I remember thinking, this is cool because you've never seen that before. But on subsequent rewatches, it's just like, okay, you know, it just, it's not as compelling as when I remember seeing in the theater in 2013. Um, but <sighs> it, 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 right with that jail sequence, them arguing with each other. I won't lie to you, man. I, that first time when seemingly Loki turned on him, I bought it. I was like, oh shit, of course he betrays him. You know? Like, I don't, did you, did you buy it or no? Yeah, I kind of did. Like, that's the kind of person that I would assume Loki would be. But another thing that uh, Loki tends to do is subvert your expectations, which he does expertly. Yeah. I was like, they fucking, like, to quote, to be a wrestling term, they worked this, bro. It was work all along. Um, but, uh, I actually, you know, I didn't know he was dead. Like, I figured, there's no way he's dead. Um, and given how he takes over Odin, um, yeah, takes over Odin's mission, which you don't know how the fuck that happened. Um, I'm guessing is when it's that sequence with the guard and stuff like that. Um, when he tells them that, hey, they found the body. Uh, but let's talk about individual character arts. So let's talk about our lead character, Thor, who is, um... Uh, what did you think about Thor in this movie? Um, see, here's the thing with Thor in this film. Uh, I liked his characterization as, like, a cocky, arrogant himbo guy, um, who had a bit of a realization of his place in the universe. Uh, in this one, he's learning more and more of, uh, what it takes to be a rightful ruler, but at the same time also kind of lamenting not seeing uh, the love of his life. So he kind of struggles with that a bit. Uh, I feel like he's much more subdued in this movie in c- compared to all the other films, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, because like in the last one, he's very loud, he's very bolsters, even when he's with Jane. In, it's, even in Age of Ultron, which the next time we'll see him again, he's very much that, and especially that in... Like here, they're tr- they're, I feel like they're trying to emulate... Like, they're trying to make him a more somber character, more serious character. And as we've shown, Thor is much better when he's, like, the fun one. He's, like, okay, again, it gets kind of depressing towards the end of the end of the saga. But when he's, like, when he's, like, the like the, the himbo, he's great. And, and um, Hemsworth plays that extremely well. Yeah, for sure. And we'll definitely see more of that uh, when we see him again in Ragnarok. Yeah, or oh, even even in Endgame, or not Endgame, but Age of Ultron, we see a little bit too. Um, but, That's true. But I like I like I like what they were doing. But yeah, it's just like considering like he's you know he wants to be king and stuff like that. He's like also he's I like the whole conflicted torn between worlds thing. I liked it, but it just wasn't executed as properly as it as it should be. Um. You know, uh, let's talk about Loki, who is possibly who's possibly the most character in this entire movie. Uh, what did you think? You, you you've been wanting to talk about Loki for a bit, so I'll let you go first. All right, so Loki in this one is Loki amazing in this film. Like, um, 
it starts out with him uh, just being in prison, being a mopey boy, you know, just uh, reading his books and uh, just not giving a fuck. But when he's out of the prison helping Thor do his thing and just, like, shit-talking him, um, you know, doing the whole backseat gaming shtick, it's hilarious. He has some really good jabs at, at Thor in this film. Yeah. Um, I think what I liked about this, about this Loki is that we got to see more, more of his vulnerable side. Um, that, like, he, yeah, he had, like, he, he had a soft spot for his mom. You know, like, like, he, like, like, when, like, and you get the first on early when Odin says, like, the only, he's the reason he's even still alive. Exactly. And he gives her a look and, you know, he feels terrible, you know, and, 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 and you can tell that her, his, again, when out, when he has that illusion and then ultimately he, he reveals what he actually looks like. He was extremely fucked up over the, over the death. And in a way he kind of helped steer it because he led the curse he told him like take the stairs to your left because he just didn't give a fuck but you know um uh, it's the same thing with Spider-Man this is like what happened to Peter Parker that doesn't sound like my problem um <laughs> but um I don't know I, I liked it and especially when he got when he got with Thor because we got to see them it, this is like a little bit of a tease of how you would see them in like Ragnarok where they're like they're bickering they're arguing but, like, you know, like, there's that sense of, like, I fucking care with you, but you're such a piece of shit. But I fucking hate you. But God damn it, you're my brother. That kind of thing. And I, and I really, I feel like, I understand why they probably didn't do that. Because, you know, hey, look, he's the bad guy. He's in jail. You know, we can't have him. But, like, fuck, that was the best part of the movie. Yeah, for sure. Like, anything Loki says uh, to Thor in that sequence is gold. Yeah, uh, like, for sure. Um, to the point where, like, again, when he... Is his own death is he's dying? And, I'm sorry. Now that I've seen the I've seen Ragnarok no more than this, and I just couldn't help but laugh at the inevitable play we're gonna watch this that particular scene uh, to Father where he's portrayed by Matt Damon. Yes, um, which is I can't help but like not take that scene seriously at all anymore. Um, but like it was is fantastic. It, it needed more of that. It needed more spice. It needed more. Something. Um, that being said, I do. I did enjoy the final fight between Malekith and Thor. I thought that was particularly yeah. great. That was a cool set piece with them uh, just phasing around dimensions and locations through portals. Yeah, that was cool. At least. My favorite bit of all that is when Mjolnir is trying to trying to catch Thor, but they fall through a portal, so it shoots up into the atmosphere, and then it comes back down. Oh shit! Thor's back. And then Thor goes to another portal. Oh, time to go back up again. And like, no, I'm back. It's like Google Maps changing rooms. Ex- exactly. It was it was the perfect blend of like that's I think that's why I remember falling liking this movie because like yeah, you go home happy because the finale's so cool. Like, oh shit, they're teleporting. You see all these different worlds. It, it's not a too in depth, but it was just visually different than I seen than we had seen at the time. So. It was it was just it was just so cool. Although I'm never gonna get tired of the gag of of heroes and villains falling on skyscrapers, and you get that awkward noise when you sliding on the window. That's never not funny to me. Um, yeah, it's never not funny. But yeah, I yeah I I think as mid as this movie is, by the end of it, I'm usually in a good mood because of because of everything else. Yeah, it at least has a decent third act. Yeah, is it as good as Iron Man's? No. Um, 
It's definitely not as good as Iron Man's, but I think it holds enough of its own. The problem is, is that you have to watch the first half, and chances are the first half of this movie is not going to keep you interested enough to want to see how it happens because of how underdeveloped everything is, how... Like, like Jane, Jane is in this, and Jane is just the, the, the deus ex machina, the, 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 the shiny object to be moved from place to place. She has nothing to do in this movie. Yeah, and it sucks because she is an important factor in this movie, but she doesn't have anything to do aside from being the vehicle that the Aether uh, travels in. Yeah, she in in like she and she's she's not the reason why Frigga died, but like that's like the only moment. But she doesn't get to do anything. Like at least in the last movie, she stood up to Shield. She helped Thor get out. She helped Thor get out of that Shield camp. Um, Selvig had more to do in this one. Um, they like they do redeem it a little bit in the third act where she's like turning all the knobs and sending them to different dimensions, so she gets to do that. But for the most part, when she's with the ether, they, it's it's sort of like of like they didn't know how to write what to do with Jane in the sequel. I feel like they didn't know what to do with a lot of characters in the sequel. Um, yeah, they, for sure. Like because they have to because and granted, it's a tough job. You have to follow up from what happened in Avengers. You have to follow up from what happened in the first movie. Um, and then also establish new plot lines that will set the universe forward. So there's a lot riding on this film. So I get it. It's a hard job. But, like, Odin Odin also was a non-factor. Odin didn't, was just, you know, granted, it's Anthony Napkins, but, like, he just barked orders. He was more mean this time around, if anything. Yeah, if anything, he was acting like Thor in the first movie. Uh, is something I noticed. Yeah, very bolsterous, very... Very uncaring. Yeah, I was just like, "Whoa, what, what, what happened?" Like, like, like that scene where he's like, "Thor is clearly trying." Like, I get it. Thor is a little bit naive, you know, considering. Okay, Grandpa, time to go to bed. Yeah, I, I will say that that one scene where where like Thor is like, "We have to go take the fight to them," and he's like, "No, we will, we will hold here and we will defend Asgard." Um, and 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 Odin says like, "We, will, we they will fall upon ten thousand Asgardian spears," and. I'm not gonna lie, Thor sounds really naive when he says, and how many people of ours will fall? And Odin screams at him, as many as are needed. And I'm like, you know what? Odin's right. Like, come on, Thor. You've been around this block. You know how this works. And I, and that's why Earth pussy hits different, because he didn't start thinking about that shit, about lives and casualties, until he went to Earth and seeing how fragile everything actually is. I, I fully believe that. Not to say that, true. not to say that she, he's wrong or anything, or that like, oh, we were the problem. Like, no, it's just that his perspective has changed. But it is naive considering his status as a god. Um, yeah, Odin's mean. Odin, but he's mean, but he doesn't do anything. He he barks orders, and the most interesting aspect of it is when Loki takes over his body, or takes over him in in secret. Yeah, and it's kind of sad in hindsight because it's not actually him doing the thing. Yeah, exactly. And again, just just to give a reminder, everybody, this they had to fly in Joss Whedon um, to to set to fucking write this movie in secret, um, just to just because it just wasn't working. Uh, Patty Jenkins, who ended up directing Wonder Woman, um, was supposed to direct this movie. And she's like, I'm out. <laughs> I can't do this. So, um, uh, so this movie, this movie had a, this movie felt like it was cursed. It had, I think, it went through multiple directors, and it just, ah, uh, it just, it just, I, okay. I think, I think, have we said enough about Thor: Dark World? I think we have, right? 
I think we have, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the ratings board. How many Ether bottles do you give this out of five? Tyler, you go first. I'll give this um, two and a half Ether bottles out of five. Um, I feel like out of all the MCU movies we've seen so far, this is probably the least interesting, which is disappointing because this is the movie that introduces another Infinity Stone and introduces the... And even title drops to the Infinity Stones, if I recall correctly. I think it's the first one it does, anyway. Um, the characters are pretty much just kind of there, just going through the motions, it seems. The story kind of drags its feet, especially during the first half. Um, the climax is fun, at least, and Loki is always a ton of fun. But, I don't know. Uh, this is probably just one of the more meh kind of movies. It's just there. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the first. It's just a their movie. Loki's the best part of this film. Uh, he, Loki and Thor are the best part of this movie. Even though Loki by himself is pretty great. Um, credits to Tom Hiddleston for pulling in that performance. Um, it just I think I, I wanted more, and then the more I watch this movie, um, the more I'm like, you can't you can't skip it because this all comes back in Endgame. All. Funny enough, the the most mid-regarded movie in the MCU gets recalled back in Endgame than anything else, which I find uh, than other other movies because of the in, because of the Infinity Stone uh, this aspect of it all. Um, but uh, I'm gonna give it a two and a half. If it's it, it like not like the, it's probably the lowest I'll give an MCU movie. Um, I want to like it. Yeah, same. I want to like it so much. There's a lot to like in aspect in, in bit meals, but it just uh, okay. But thankfully, we go from one of the more the media most mid movie of the MCU to the fucking swing around is insane. We go from one of the most mid movies to the of the MCU to what many consider the creme de la creme of the MCU. It's time for Captain America to get his sequel next week when we come back. We'll be talking about. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I wish it was winter right now. It's freaking hot over here. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Tyler, please tell me where they can find your stuff at. Um, so I just opened a new Twitter account. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at TyreShoesRev2, which is kind of a cute little reference to Guilty Gear Revelator 2. Um, you you can see me. I also post videos on um, YouTube. Uh, if you follow uh, Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old ass fighting games to your pleasure, I just put out three Tekken reviews ever since uh, the Iron Man three review that we did, and yeah, I had a lot of fun working on those. They've been blowing up recently. Go check it out. Um, I I enjoyed making them. Maybe you'll enjoy watching them. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelous Iggy, and you can actually now catch me live at twitch.tv slash Iggy2014. By this time this is out, I would have been back on break, so my break is over. Um, it was a nice break, a well-deserved break. Um, and of course you go to all catch all these episodes at thechartshot.com. Uh, thank y'all for listening. I'm looking forward to watching uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Um, such a, such a god. God damn it. Uh, we'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye.